1: Hello and welcome to Feeling Blue from the Block Adam Podcast Network and we are here with you on Wednesday night, June 21st as we head into Thursday, June 22nd, less than 75 days away from kicking off the football season. I am your host Luke Giardi and very proud to announce our new co-host here on Feeling Blue replacing Scotty White We've got Mr. Tyler Seely. Tyler, great to have you aboard the show, man. How are you doing here tonight?
0: I'm doing great. It's it's great to be here. I'm I'm really excited to uh get things started here. I think we're 73 days away from the start of the Michigan football season, which, you know, I'm I'm very excited about. Um I know you're very excited about. I got some big shoes to fill here for Scotty, but I'm going to do the
1: best that I can to fill them. Absolutely, man. It's great to have you here uh, on the show. I know you're very passionate uh, about michigan athletics and you know obviously michigan football will be the the focus here mostly moving forward until we get towards basketball season but i want you to uh tell listeners a little bit about yourself man yeah so i'm actually from massachusetts
0: so i'm I'm a michigan fan remotely but um uh, we get to a lot of the games here on the east coast whether it be maryland or Rutgers, and i try to get to the big house once or twice a year uh, last year made it for the penn state game which was pretty awesome that was the maze out was incredible um, been a Michigan fan since since I can remember anyways I mean my dad's a big Michigan fan um nothing something else about me um diehard red wings fan I've been doing a wings podcast for about eight years now um if you guys listen to the recruiting podcast you heard but um, I do the grindline podcast so that's just a little bit about me I love talking ball and uh love talking a little bit of hockey as well so but um I'm, I'm glad to be here I really am
1: yeah, man, you, you like you just mentioned you're on the uh, the the future blue pod with Vaughn, and uh, so you so you do everything, man. You do you do talking about the games, you do talk about the teams, but you, but you also follow recruiting really closely, which uh, we we we've kind of lacked that element here on the show. Obviously, we have an entire podcast dedicated to it, but good to have someone that really follows that closely here on Feeling Blue.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I get pretty deep into the pot, into the prospects and into the recruits more more than anything. Um, but I, I love the current team, I love um watching former games, I love watching, you know, the current games, I love talking about the games, you know, whether it be X's and O's or it's just you know from a mental standpoint, and you know, um, there's been a lot of ups and downs as Michigan fans. Um, and I've been here for the unfortunate Rich Rod days and the Brady Hoke days. And, <laughs> and I was there, you know, even before that with Lloyd Carr. So um, I've been a Michigan fan for a long time.
1: That's awesome, man. And obviously you got a lot to say. You're you're on three shelves, you know, like. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's not much in terms of, of Michigan football to talk, you know, living here in Massachusetts. I'm lucky I do live with a roommate that, that loves college football the way he does. He's an LSU fan, so I don't really get to talk Michigan with him but I do get to talk college football and I do get listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. So I get my fix.
1: Yeah, man. Well, it, like I said, great to have you aboard. And uh, we're going to kick it off here uh, on June 21st. Like you mentioned, less than 75 days away. And, um, it we're, we're, it's funny because we're, we're going to be talking 2024 all of a sudden, you know? Um, so plenty of room to talk about this year's uh, current team, but one thing, uh, that, that we haven't been able to touch on yet, obviously you and I, but, but even just myself, um, is the new alignment coming to the big 10 conference, uh, here in 2024, obviously the additions of USC and UCLA, certainly shaking things up, but they're not shaking them up. Or I mean, they're, they're shaking them up much more than they did, uh, with the additions of Maryland and Rutgers and Nebraska in the sense that, um, you know, Michigan is now, doing the opposite of what they did when, when they added Nebraska, when they went to divisions. We're going to be taking away divisions coming up here in 2024. Um, And I want to get your thoughts on this because I feel like there, there's a very good discussion to be had. And I, and I feel like it's a very polarizing topic from what I can fully understand from what I see on social media. So divisions were were a big polarizing thing, especially in the Big Ten, right, Tyler? I mean, right. the Big Ten dominated since we we went away from leaders and legends to the Big Ten in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten has won every Big Ten championship game, and and I totally understand that sentiment and why it it's kind of sucked in sure, that absolutely. regard. But but what are your feelings on on divisions getting a getting away from divisions? Do, do you like the move? Do you not like it?
0: I like it um, only because it it, it kind of got. I mean, the only way you were go- going to be able to keep divisions is if you rebalanced the divisions and probably mm-hmm. took Michigan and Ohio State away from each other. And the only way you would have been able to do that is kind of do what they did and protecting opponents, um, which we can get into in a minute. But. I don't mind it. I'll say one thing. I think in, in this world of a 12 team college football playoff um, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, you might get Michigan, Ohio state, the last game, last game of the season. And then you might get Michigan, Ohio state in Indy, you know, a week and a half later. So uh, I mean, that is the risk you take if you're the big 10 because I mean, more games doesn't necessarily mean it's a better thing. I'm a baseball fan. A lot of people say, you know, if the, if there's more games in the playoffs, it's more interesting and sometimes it's like, okay, but now you have more games, more longer games and and the teams that are going to win may may have already won anyways. So, I don't know. I mean, there's there's certainly a lot of discussion to be had here and that's why we have a podcast here, but uh, you know, I think they did a fantastic job with in in terms of how they did it. Mm-hmm. I think if they did it a, a a different way than they did, it may not be as 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 clear and concise, but I really love how they kept Michigan State and Ohio
1: State as protected rivalries and I and I don't think they went too far with this either, right? Uh, to, to your point. so not everyone in this conference is going to have a protected rivalry within the conference. like Nebraska's only been in here a few years. Uh, same with you know Maryland and Rutgers. they don't really have any protected. rivalries within the conference you got to protect Michigan Ohio State Michigan Michigan State Wisconsin Minnesota like there there are a a lot of traditional rivalries within the conference but the the Big Ten was flexible enough it's like everyone's got to have three protected games that's not the case you know Michigan is gonna obviously uh have have quite a few more than than most in the conference um and that's okay And, and the Big Ten allotted for that so so I do like that um, I, I'm not mad about not having to play Penn state every year. I understand, you know, Jim Harbaugh is, has been great against Penn state particularly recently, but, say what you want about James Franklin as a coach guys, a hell of a recruiter. Right. And you know, not having to play them every year. I'm okay with that. Exactly. Uh, especially, especially when you take a look at the opponents for like Michigan in 2024 and, and you you're adding USC UCLA, you've got Texas in the non-conference, you've got Ohio state and Michigan state. Like it is an absolute gauntlet, gauntlet. For, 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 a year that honestly, Michigan might be in reload mode. So it's it, it's a little bit scary, but, but those are the years that are going to happen. It's all going to be cyclical. And I do like the way the Big Ten handled these kind of protected rivalries. Then you've got a couple of home and homes if you don't have those protected rivalries. And then we're going to see more of these Big Ten teams playing each other like Dude, we—I mean—we barely see, you know, a lot of those West teams. We, we've yeah. had we had Wisconsin like four years in a row, and, and then you're not seeing many other teams on the schedule. So, so to be filling those in every year and seeing more of these matchups, it's going to feel more like a conference for sure. Yeah,
0: what's coo- what's cool about about Michigan's schedule in particular is the fact that they'll play they'll play Maryland for 2024 and 2025, and then it'll flex. It'll be somebody else. Mm-hmm. It'll be a Wisconsin. It'll be some somebody random. Um, And then you'll play them for two years and then they'll switch and then the the rest of the schedule kind of falls in line, which I like. I I think it's going to create a little bit more parity across the Big Ten. I think, you know, one season you can have Penn State that has a really easy schedule where Ohio State has a gauntlet or Michigan has an easy schedule or Ohio State has a gauntlet, although Michigan and Ohio State, you know, it kind of comes down to that last game of the season, um, at least at this point anyways. I like it. I really think that they did the best that they could with a tough situation, you know, adding UCLA and USC to the Big Ten, which still doesn't look right to me, by the way. (laughs) I mean, you just like, I was just talking with my boss about this today, and, and I'm just like, you know, welcome to the Big Ten where you have you have a bunch of Midwest schools. You have Maryland and Rutgers for whatever reason. And now you're adding two schools from out West, USC and UCLA. It's just like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then you have the whole, you know, I don't know if you saw, but USC is already starting to take Dude, it made of- me
1: want to puke legitimately.
0: It's unbelievable, and for you guys that didn't see, US, USC is starting to take recruiting pictures with a little US uh little Big Ten patch on their jersey, so it's going to be real, which is really, really weird. I wonder if uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to start doing that for the SEC
1: already. I would. I don't see why you wouldn't. Well, you, you, I mean, the, the whole thing is you're coming to the conference next year, so all these recruits are going to be playing in the Big Ten, so obviously you're going to put the, the patch on the jersey.
0: I just want to talk about one thing. the fact that Texas is gonna to come
1: to the big house, oh man, that's unbelievable. That's gonna be that's gonna be something, man. Uh, I'm gonna go to
0: that game, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be, that's going to be one of the hottest tickets for sure. It's going to be in a year where the, the, the game against Ohio state is in Columbus. So, you know, you know, that's going to be like the mark, one of the marquee packages, right? That, that Michigan does those ticket packages every year in order to get this game. You got to buy like three other games. If you're not a season ticket holder. You,
0: you got to buy, um you know, Arkansas <laughs> State. Fresno, Fresno State, State, I think, or something
1: on there. Yeah, and Fresno then, State's you know,
0: on there. The UCLA game or something like that to get the uh, the Texas game. So, yeah, I mean, I like it, though. I, I, I think in terms of college football, I've been saying this for a long time to uh, one of my good friends who's a diehard Ohio State fan, and we've been both saying, banging the drums, like the Big Ten and the SEC and the – you know the big 12 and all these conferences instead of playing these neutral site games Mm -hmm. let's play some home and home games and i think right somewhere they were listening because you got texas in in 2024 and 25 and then you got oklahoma coming in in 2026
1: i believe it is yeah seven so
0: and then notre dame in 2031 i think so somewhere down the line interesting man
1: yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's great for college football. I don't think it's necessarily good for Michigan next year. We'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, uh, so much can happen. Transfer portals, guys that you might not expect to stay, stay. We'll we'll see what happens, you know, next year. But it feels like it could be a real retooling year uh, n- next year for Michigan. Um, but, man, it it's great for the game of college football. Um, and, you know, obviously, USC, UCLA pretty much. Uh, every year or ever every so often, you know, at least with the uh, the rotating schedules here. I, I do want to come back to what we were talking about though with the divisions because i I mentioned I like the way the big Ten handled kind of the scheduling and how they're gonna do it. What I don't like about it and I've been an advocate and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. I've always been an advocate for the divisions um if you have a conference championship game because if you if you don't have a conference championship game this no division divisions obviously don't make sense but it doesn't make sense to me to do away with divisions and keep the conference championship game because you know at the end of the day what what a conference championship game is is you pit one of your division winners against another division winner at least in football right, right. um so, but without it, everything is probably going to get settled on the field. And, you know, I, I remember I, I mentioned this on Twitter and someone was like, oh, I like the idea. You know, the Big 12 has been doing this. And I'm like, the Big 12 is the worst example you could use. Let's take a look at last year, right? TCU ran the table in the Big 12 last year. Perfect 9-0 and in the regular season. Kansas State finished second at 7-2, and lost to TCU in the regular season but because they have a conference championship game they go to it and kansas state beats tcu in that game so they get labeled the conference champ even though tcu still had a better record and tcu had already beat kansas state and but just because you put an arbitrary title on that game kansas state is the is the big 12 champion tcu's perfect season means nothing and I, you know, other than going to the college football playoff, which thankfully they, well, not thankfully as a Michigan fan, obviously, but you know, from a, from have a to bring it up. I know. But, but from a like college football, like a deserving standpoint, they absolutely deserve to be in in the college oh, football playoff given, given their season. So at least they, you know, the, the committee got that one right in, in my personal opinion. Um, But it, I, I think it's stupid. Like to me, TCU not being a Big Twelve champion last year is an absolute farce. Just because you made them play an extra game and put an arbitrary title on it, Kansas absolutely. State absolutely does not deserve that. And I don't like that. I don't like that Michigan and Ohio State could play back to back weeks, you know, and and make that game the the week prior meaningless. I don't like that. I'm I'm not a college football purist per se, but there are some traditions that aren't to be screwed with.
0: Yeah, and Michigan, Ohio State, you know, I mean. What is the likelihood you're going to get it two weeks in a row? I mean, I think it's pretty high. Given well, it would have last is, the
1: last two years, it would have.
0: Yep. Where the rivalry is right now and where they are in the recruiting trail, we talk about recruiting already. Michigan and Ohio State are right neck and neck for recruits, and, and they're, they're fighting on two corners, actually, both from the state of Ohio. And uh, I mean, it's just going to make the rivalry. Uh, I feel like in one sport, I think. My argument would say, okay, it's going to water it down. But in football, I don't think it does. I really don't think it does, especially given the fact of the hatred between Michigan and Ohio State. Like, I think it might just amplify it a little bit. Although you're right, that game at the end of the season doesn't mean as much because you're going to end up facing each other next week anyways, or in a week and a half anyways. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, there's, there's no right or wrong way to do this, I don't think. I think that they did the best that they could, Maybe leader, maybe bringing back leaders and legends would have made a cool thing. And, like, I don't know how you do it. I mean, there's, really, there's yeah. really, again, no perfect way to do it. Especially, I think what may happen at some point, you know, with this conference realignment and stuff like that is... If you know the Big Ten gets another couple West schools, maybe you put like Wisconsin and USC, UCLA, maybe Oregon, Washington, and, and you make a West division and then you have the Big Ten East again. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like we're headed that way. It seems like we're heading for a conference championship of the two best teams in the conference. So Yeah. Well, two I'm, best I'm,
1: teams I'm, in, the in the conference. I'm very excited for the day that uh the, the Big Ten uh, expands to to twenty teams, and you know, in, in the Big Ten East, you, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, and and Penn, Penn State, State, and you know, and, and then in the uh, the the Big Ten West, you've got USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and uh, pretty much we get right back to splitting it down the line, and we've got the pretty much just the the original Big Ten and the Pac Ten uh, in the same conference. I mean, that that's kind of
0: it seems like where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the Pac-12 is going to do. I think the Pac-12, I mean, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but I think the Pac-12 at some point is going to have to look at their, themselves in the mirror and say, look, if we don't get a TV deal, our schools mm-hmm. are going to start getting poached here by the Big 12 primarily because... The Big 12 seems like they're in a pretty decent spot in terms of, of bringing schools on. They already brought Cincinnati on. They already brought BYU on. And I believe that that's effective this year. So that ought to be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, man. We don't know what the future of college football is. I mean, we know it's going to be college football, but it's certainly going to be different even than it is this year. Like, this is the final year out of college football as we know it. With Oh, yeah. USC, UCLA in the Pac-12, you know, um, Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. It's, it's, it's going to be different, man. But you know what? I'm, I'm here for it at this point. The, they always say adjust or die. And, and you know, this is kind of where we're at in college football.
1: Like and I'm sure we are going to adjust, you know, because we we've already done it, especially in the Big Ten, adding Nebraska and, and Maryland and Rutgers. Like right. I mean you 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 think in Nebraska, right? And you think of Nebraska taking on Texas, like just you know, in the Big Twelve championship games and, and everything like that, even going back to the Big Eight days. You don't think of Nebraska as a or you didn't think of Nebraska as a Big Ten team. But now you kind of do, right? Because we've seen them against Big Ten competition enough, and I'm sure we'll do the same with USC and UCLA. But it's definitely going to take some getting yeah, used to. Some them. time, yeah. <laughs> Texas, Oklahoma, and the SEC too, right? Like that's going to be okay. But just... for
0: for me, that one's a little bit more like okay. Those are at least they're in the southeast schools
1: already. Like
0: this, you're taking a school, two schools from way out here, and mashing them into the Big Ten, which. I mean, Hey, you know what? I guess if the shoe fits and the money works out, then, then great. But it's just like, it feels like I hate to be the old guy here, but like, it feels like, you know, we're, we're taking college football and we're condensing yeah. it. And I don't like that. I don't, I, I think college football should be, you know, a hundred schools that have a chance at a national championship every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that realistic with how recruiting works and how the budgets go for each school? No, but um. I mean, but that's that's the illusion that you get in the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Like, every team, there's 64 teams, and every team has a chance at a title. So, I don't know. There's, again, there's no perfect way to do it. And with the 12-team playoff, I think everything will settle at some
1: point. Well, you bring up the 12-team playoff, and I find that part interesting, too. It's like, if you think about it, these Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and USC-UCLA going to the Big Ten – with the with the way the 12 team playoff is going to be formatted with those conference champions getting the the home games and potential buys and it's like man you guys are making some pretty piss poor decisions here given the, you know what the new format's going to be because you got a way better chance uh, if you're USC and and they're going to be competitive in the Big 10 i have no uh yeah i have no doubts about that under Lincoln Riley they're going to be competitive but your chances of winning the Big 10 are significantly lower than your chances of winning the Pac 12 over the next five years, especially yep. UCLA, especially. I don't know how competitive UCLA is gonna be in the Big Ten. That remains to be seen. But Texas, Oklahoma, yeah, good chance, you know, uh you guys every year are gonna be favorited in the in the Big 12. I I do not expect Texas or Oklahoma to ever be favored to win the SEC as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama and Kirby Smart at Georgia.
0: Well, Colin Cowherd made a good point, and I don't like to bring up a lot of other people on the podcast, but, but Colin Cowherd made an interesting point and kind of kind of compared what what Oklahoma and Texas are doing to what Nebraska did. Um, they're le- they're leaving their footprint, is what they're doing. I mean, I know mm-hmm. Nebraska went to a more Midwest school um, conference where they used to recruit Texas and they used to recruit California and they used to recruit, obviously, Nebraska, they still do, but a lot of those, Oklahoma and stuff like that, where when they went to the Big Ten, they had to start, you know, New York and New Jersey right. and Pennsylvania and schools like that, and they didn't really have that where, I mean, Nebraska is almost to the point where they were a national power and now they're kind of irrelevant. And um Joel, or not Joel Clapp but um Colin Cowherd said that, he w- he said, "Watch Oklahoma." He said, "Be very weary with Oklahoma because they're going into a situation where they're going to the SEC, where there's at least five schools that are better than them, if not more." And now they're leaving their footprint in terms of recruiting. I know they're still going to play against Texas and stuff like that, but they're done with the TCU's of the world and the you know the schools like that in the in the Big Twelve and and in terms of. Where they're at right now, they hired a defensive coach, and it yeah. was kind of a disaster last year. Yep. So that, that to me, looks like
1: watch it a little bit, maybe a Rich Rod situation there. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, anyways. That, well, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, Michigan, thankfully, Michigan is in the place they're in going into this transition, you know, because it is going to be – I think you, you bring up a great point, man. It is going to be very hard – for teams that are not established now to establish themselves.
0: Sure, absolutely. Unless you're going to you're going to drop bags on people NIL wise kind of like right. Miami and Oregon are doing, but anyway, you know, guess... Texas is going
1: to have the capability to do that.
0: Yep. I think Texas will be more competitive in the SEC than Oklahoma will be.
1: Me too. I I agree. And you mentioned it. We have to see a lot for Brett Venables down uh in Lincoln. Or excuse me, uh, down in Oklahoma
0: yeah i mean i almost feel bad cuz i mean oklahoma's it's they have such a good fan base it's such a such a traditional power and i mean they're leaving their footprint it kind of seems like they're leaving You know, everything they've already established in the Big 12 to go join the SEC Mm -hmm. because of money, basically. And I mean, that's the tough part to swallow if you're an Oklahoma fan or even a Texas fan, because there's no guarantees when you get to the SEC, man. There's LSU, there's Florida who's up and coming. You got Alabama and Georgia, they're already powers down there. So like you got Auburn that eventually will figure it out um there's a lot of programs out there there's probably programs that i'm not mentioning right now yeah our powers down there old miss is kind of figuring it out a little bit um so i don't know it's it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough for both of those schools to establish themselves in the sec
1: and let me ask you real quick you're a recruiting guy so let me let me ask you this about you know um particularly usc and ucla coming you know how much uh particularly for probably Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Those are the the three schools that I think can recruit nationally out of this conference. Yeah. How much is is being able to play those teams out west going to help them recruiting in that region, particularly California, you think?
0: I think you're talking about helping Michigan, Penn state, Ohio yes. state. Oh, yep. tremendously. Because then like, think about, you know, you got Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state, all going to play at least USC and UCLA. um, One of them in the first year and then one of them in the next year. And then, you know, going forward. So, I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, cause just think you can sell to a kid. Okay. Yeah. You're coming to Michigan, but you're going to see your your family can come see you play at USC in the Coliseum or go, go see, uh, you know, your kid play UCLA in the Rose bowl. So like, I think it's huge for recruiting. I really do. And I think that, that it'll certainly help Michigan um, and Ohio state primarily, I think, you know, yeah. get, the, get up there with the Alabamas and the Georgias in terms of recruiting. I mean, you think about recruiting the last, at least five years it's been alabama georgia ohio state they've had the five stars they've had their pick of the litter when it comes to the five stars clemson a little bit as well but i mean primarily alabama georgia ohio state those are the guys um that uh, those are the three powerhouses that people have been going to and it's been refreshing to see that some of these guys and you know i alluded to it earlier the two cornerbacks out of the state of ohio are starting to at least sway a little bit towards Michigan's way. When have you ever seen the number one player in the state of Ohio consider Michigan as, as their top two? I don't know. That's ever happened. Maybe Charles Woodson. Woodson maybe. Yeah. The guy there. So I don't know. It's interesting, man. Recruiting is, is going to take a a toll on the California and Arizona and those West yeah. You know, West States primarily.
1: Well, and you know, that's the thing. This is kind of a one way street, right? Because I don't think this move necessarily helps USC all that much in recruiting, particularly in their own backyard.
0: Maybe a little bit because they're not going to play from, from what I saw. It doesn't look like they're going to play a lot of those 10 o'clock games. Most of that's their true games too. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Noon kicks for, for the East coast or a lot of the three 30 kicks on CBS. I think it'll be, um, so, I mean, that'll help the Pac-12, or not the Pac-12, but that'll help USC primarily. UCLA, I don't know. I, I think Chip Kelly's a good enough coach that they can recruit. I don't know if they can recruit at the level of, you know, the top three, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. But that, that's that's interesting. You're right. It, it could be a one-way street. It's kind of just one of those things that we're going to have to wait and see because, mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan proved that if you win, people are going to come to your school.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, now they're now they're recruiting much better nationally they're, they're, you know, they're recruiting like they did when Jim first got here in 15. Right.
0: right. The the uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and the um, Rashawn Gary and, you know, Tariq Black mm-hmm. and those guys. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, re- I really think it's going to be one of those wait and see kind of things. But SC, I think, is going to be if they have success. That's going to be one of those programs that's going to be right up there with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State for recruiting. I think they could, it could be a big four up there, uh, if they have success under Lincoln Riley, which I think they should, right? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, going to be very wild, uh, moving forward here. But as we wrap up our very first episode of Feeling Blue here together, Tyler, uh, great show, man. Great to have you aboard here, uh, again let the folks know where can they find you on social media or where can the listeners go find you? Absolutely. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great to be on here. I think, I think it's gone really well. Um, But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91 for some of my good and bad takes. Right. Um, (laughs) And then I don't know if you mind, but uh, you can follow my Detroit Red Wings podcast
1: on Twitter at grindline pod. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. You can follow uh, the Mesa Brew page as well. And also make sure to go subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts on our Block M Podcast Network. We have a bunch of great ones out of the blue, future blue. Tyler's joining Vaughn on there. Uh, we got some great shows for you to get your fix in each and every week as we creep closer towards the start of football season. So yeah, for wait. my part... For my partner, Tyler Seely, I am Luke Yardy, and we will see you next week on Feeling Blue.